I really am going to dive right in. Just a recap of where we've been. We're continuing on in our series through Romans. And the first three chapters, uh, we looked at the problem of sin. We used this word ruin to kind of talk about that. And then in chapters four and five, we've been looking at the topics of faith, justification, and grace talking about redemption. And we're continuing on in talking about redemption. And this passage this morning, we are bringing the two together. We are looking at a contrast between sin and grace, uh, between Adam and Jesus. In verse 14 of our passage, it says, it talks about Adam who was a type of the one to come. And that's a clear uh, contrast between him and Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, talking about Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. This passage uh, mentions sin or trespass 18 times, and it mentions uh, grace or the free gift 10 times. And so we're going to be looking at that contrast this morning. So I invite you to open with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and we're looking at the second half of this chapter. We're looking at verses 12 to 21. Go ahead and follow along with me as I read. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many." And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ." Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God, as we come here this morning, we, we want to soak in you more. We want to hear what you have to say to us this morning. We want to catch your message for us. So Lord, let us lay aside distractions, lay aside whatever's going to keep us from grabbing on to you this morning. And Lord, just let us soak in your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are, and we're looking at the contrast between Adam and Jesus through this passage. And in regards to Adam, there are four main topics that are brought up in this passage. Sin, disobedience, 
condemnation, and death. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at these four different topics brought up in the passage and what they teach us. Then we're going to look at the comparisons Paul made with Jesus and what that teaches us as well. And just as I start, this is the Gospel message. Plain and simple. You get the totality of the Gospel in this passage. So for those of you that are exploring Jesus and wanting to know more, this is a great morning just to dial in. And for those of you that know Jesus, man, what a great morning just to be brought back to the basics of the Gospel. So first... Let's take a look at sin. Going back to verses uh, 12 to 14. It says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So here we're getting into the origin of sin. And to look at that a little bit further, keep your finger in Romans chapter 5 and flip back to Genesis. Back to Genesis, where it all began. Flip to Genesis 3, and as you do, just want to read Genesis 2.17, because God gives a very clear directive to Adam. In Genesis 2.17, God says, But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So God gives a very clear command. He also gives a very clear consequence. You shall surely die. And we'll come back to this. And then in chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit in the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Now there's a whole ton of good stuff in here. But I just wanted to point out, like I did, uh, that there's a clear command given. God clearly said, you shall not eat. And there was a clear consequence given. You shall surely die. And the commandment was clearly broken. In 3.11, even though God doesn't have to ask because He already knows, 
He still asks, have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And in 3.12, sure, Adam tries to pass it off, but he does say, I ate. And then in verse 13, again, the woman tries to pass the buck, but she does say, I ate. And see, what, what happens here is even though they're given a clear commandment, Adam and Eve were told something different about the tree. And they wanted it. In 3.5, it says, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Be like God. They both had a desire for equality with God. And that's what tripped him up. That's what tripped Adam up. The desire for equality with God. Hang on to this. Remember this because we're going to come back to it. Go ahead and flip back to Romans 5. And we're going to take a look at this passage even some more. Now, there's a depth of theology in this passage. And, and people get in and, and debate and talk about this passage a lot. Especially in regards to whose fault it is that we are sinners. Well, whose fault is it that we're sinners? Is it Adam's fault? Yes. Look at what the passage says. It says, sin came into the world through one man. It says, death spread to all men. Many died through one man's trespass. Judgment following the one trespass brought condemnation. Because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. One trespass led to condemnation for all men. By the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. See, Adam's sin brought a sin nature for all. Psalm 51.5, David says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Adam's sin brought mortality for all. Now, however, if you're thinking you're off the hook, Think again. Oh, it's Adam's fault, God. No, 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 no. Because is it your fault that you're a sinner? Absolutely. Absolutely. What has Paul already established in Romans? We can go so many other places in Scripture for this, right? But even just looking back through what Paul has already said in Romans... In chapter 1, verse 21, he says, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Chapter 1, verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Chapter 2, verse 1, you have no excuse, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Chapter 2, verse 5, because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself. Flip one page back and look at chapter 3. Verses 10 to 12. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together, they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. And then 3, 22 to 23. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us 
have sinned. So it's Adam's fault, yes, that sin is in the world. But I am responsible for my sins. You are responsible for your sins. And as I've said before, you know, if it wasn't Adam, <laughs> it's going to be somebody else. And if it wasn't somebody else, by golly, it's going to be me. Now, verses 13 and 14 walk through a potential problem. And, and this is typical for Paul. Paul asks questions and then answers them and, and, and tries to think through what, what might people like have issue with? What might people bring up? What might people want to talk about a little bit more? And, and he goes after it. Verses 13 and 14 walk through one of those. Now, we know that Adam sinned. Okay, Adam, first man, sinned. We also know that Moses received the law. Chapter 3, verse 20, it says, through the law comes knowledge of sin. And in our passage, it says, sin is not counted where there is no law. Okay, So, we've got a sin of Adam, but then... We've got this big span of time from Adam to Moses, and Moses is where the law shows up. And, and we're told, through the no- law comes knowledge of sin. And in our passage, it says, uh, sin is not counted where there is no law. So, so what happened to all those people between Adam and Moses? Because there wasn't law, right? Well, No. Because here, Paul points out that there was sin during this time. He says, sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. And it also says, everyone else's sin was different, not clearly communicated. It says, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. I made it clear that Adam's sin was very clearly communicated to him. Adam, this is what you are called not to do. Don't, don't eat of this tree. But after that, there, there wasn't this clear commandment, these clear laws given. However, they still had the law. In Romans 2, 14 and 15, we're told this, For when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. The law was written on their hearts. Yes, this is talking about the Gentiles, but it can also be applied to all between Adam and Moses. So no, there was not specific law given, but there was a law that was on their hearts, and there was very clear sin I mean, you look throughout uh, the book of Genesis and you see people clearly knowing that they're doing wrong, that they're sinning, even though the law specific hadn't yet been given. Just one quick comment as we continue on through this passage. Paul uses the word trespass as well as the word sin. And in this passage, uh, trespass is, is used to refer to Adam's specific sin, whereas sin is more of a generic term throughout the rest of this passage. So that's sin. Next, I want to look at disobedience. Look at verse 19. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made 
righteous. There's an important distinction here in using the word disobedience. It points out the fact that Adam's sin was deliberate, that it was defiant. How many of you have uh, ever said, I didn't know I, was, I wasn't supposed to park here, right? Parking, especially like when you get to any downtown, is just insane, you know? There's this sign, there's that sign, there's, I, I can't keep track of this, you know? And I don't know about you, but I've received parking tickets that I didn't expect because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to park there or whatever it is, you know? Whether you're talking to an upset store owner, an apathetic meter maid, or yourself as you're reading your parking ticket, it's easy to get frustrated that you're getting punished for something you didn't know. There are more and more signs going up all the time because people are getting their parking tickets reversed based on the excuse, well, I didn't know. However, I hope you've felt the guilt and shame of getting a parking ticket for something you know you did wrong. You saw the sign. You saw the red curb. You knew you were in the wrong, but you parked there anyway. You were deliberate in your choice to disobey. This is the difference here. And this is why Paul is using this word here. Adam deliberately disobeyed. As I was, when I was younger, I, I read that and I'm like, well, you know, Eve was here talking to the serpent. What if like she brought the fruit to Adam and he didn't know what the fruit was and he just happened to eat it and oops, that was an accident or whatever. But it says in our passage that Adam was with Eve. He's standing right next to her. He knew exactly what he was doing. Disobedience. Then we see condemnation that comes out of this because of his sin, because of his disobedience. Verse 16, And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. Verse 18, As one trespass led to condemnation for all men. Before Adam's sin, he would have been declared innocent when standing before God, the righteous judge. But after his sin, he was condemned. And this led to condemnation for all, for you and for me. We are all guilty. We are all condemned. Isaiah 53 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What I want to do right now is to take a little bit of time to dwell on us. Now the band's going to come up right now and play a song called, Lord, I Need You. It starts out by saying, Lord, I come, I confess. It also says, teach my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way. So what I want to encourage you to do as we're singing this song is, is take some time to confess your sins. Take some time to come before God and just lay your sins before Him. And maybe you need to confess a sin to somebody else. Maybe there's something you've been holding on to that you've never said to anybody. And you need to say it out loud. You need to confess it to someone else to bring it out into the light. I want to take time and pause because to understate the gravity of our sin would be minimizing the one thing 
that has ripped us from an intimate relationship with a loving God. So make this song a prayer. Confess your own disobedience and your need for Jesus. Amen. We truly need Him, and we're going to get into what Jesus brings. But I just wanted to take a little time and just sit in the gravity of our condemnation on our own. Once condemned, we receive a punishment. Death. That's what God told Adam. You will surely die. And we see it in our passage. In verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. In verse 17. For if because of the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. And in verse 21, as sin reigned in death. This is our punishment. This is what we deserve. What we have worked so hard to earn by our own merit. Great job! Yeah, this is our physical death. But it's also spiritual death. Separation from God. And we see this eternal contrast in verse 21, where it says, As sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Adam's news is not good news. (laughs) Not at all. So it's time for some good news. And let's take a look at this contrast. As we look in this passage, as we see in this passage, where Adam brought sin, Jesus brought grace. Where Adam brought disobedience, Jesus brought obedience. Where Adam brought condemnation, Jesus brought justification. And where Adam brought death, Jesus brought life. And so we're going to take a look at these four and the contrast and the beauty of our Savior. First of all, grace. Now it's mentioned just a few times before this in the book of Romans, but here Paul starts to really get into it. What is grace? When I was probably Micah's age, about seven, in Awana, I learned grace is undeserved favor or kindness. Undeserved favor or kindness. What is that undeserved favor? That undeserved kindness that we get? It's Jesus stepping in on your behalf. He took the punishment that you deserved. As we just looked at in Isaiah 53, the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. You and I deserve the cross. We deserve death. We deserve separation from God. But Jesus gladly pours out His grace on us. 
Grace's undeserved favor or kindness. It is also so abundant. Look at verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Now we're not talking quantity. We're talking about the gravity and the power of this grace. In verse 20, We're told, now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. This grace isn't running out. God's grace doesn't have an expiration date. God's grace doesn't have limits. There isn't some uh, specific defined amount that at some point He's going to run out and go, I'm sorry, I don't have grace for you because I gave it to all these other people. Absolutely not. We just sang this uh, in the song, Your Grace Finds Me. The same for the rich and poor. The same for the saint and for the sinner. Enough for this whole wide world. Your great grace. Oh, such grace. From creation to the cross. From the cross into eternity, Your grace finds me. This should push you forward to start sharing this great news with others. Grace is available for them as well. But this should also remind you that you are never so far that grace isn't available for you. There is nothing you can do that will make you beyond the reaches of God's grace. Nothing. Yes, we spent some time dealing with the gravity of our sin, with the weight of it, because that sin earns you death. But please, let's not forget the power of the grace of God. Because to say you've done something so bad that God can't forgive is to say that you are more powerful than God. You're selling him short. Don't you dare. This grace is abundant. Jesus took it all upon himself. So there's nothing you can do that can put you beyond the reaches of God's grace. This is undeserved favor or kindness. It is abundant and also... (laughs) This is so good. It is a free gift. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through the one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man Jesus Christ abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Now the thing to remember about a free gift, it doesn't cost you a thing. 
But that doesn't mean that there was no cost. Free simply means no cost to you. Because boy, did it cost something. It cost the blood of Jesus. Let's take a look at obedience. Where Adam brought disobedience, Jesus brought obedience. Look again at verse 19. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Flip over to Philippians chapter 2. This was something awesome I, I came across as I was studying. Remember, we talked about what Adam's sin was. Adam's sin, what caused him to stumble, was this desire to be like God. Take a look at Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. What did Adam want? To be like God. Jesus was God, and he laid that down. Did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There's Jesus' obedience in stark contrast to Adam's disobedience. And we can't leave it there. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's our Savior. Please, can I get an amen? <laughs> wow. Jesus was obedient to pay for our disobedience. Jesus is obedience. Now where Adam brought condemnation, Jesus brought justification. Now like I said before, on our own as we stand before God, we are condemned. But through Jesus' death and resurrection, we can now be declared righteous, justified. Verse 16 of our passage. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Verse 18, as one trespass led to condemnation, one act of righteousness leads to justification. Verse 19, the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now, it's easy to react to justification in two very opposite, but both very wrong ways. I just wanted to take a minute to address both of those. 
First of all, uh, over-celebrating to the point of taking credit or pride. Yeah, I'm justified. Look at how great I am. Let me be crystal clear that this is Jesus' work. Not yours. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. No one may boast. With His wounds we are healed, we're, we're told in Isaiah 53. I was reading not too long ago in Psalm 18. And it says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. This is Jesus' work. And for those of you that might start to take credit, saying, I'm, I'm pretty good, don't you dare. This is God's work. Now, the other way to react to justification is to almost deny it. Let me explain that a little bit. Maybe you've said, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. Now, this is all true, but that's not where you should dwell. Because Jesus did an amazing work on the cross for you. An amazing work to justify you. My brother-in-law and his family were watching the Chronicles of Narnia together. And his son cried when Aslan died. His wife explained that in the story, Aslan represents Jesus. And that Aslan had to die in order for Edmund to live. And he said this, in a, mix of, in a mix of my age and God's grace, I started crying at the realization that Jesus gave everything for me so that I could live. Look at how selfish and cruel I've been with that sacrifice for most of my life. But how sweet and loving He has been with His free gift. He is patient with me in my doubt and faithful in His presence and His immovable character. I have not earned this gift, but His love has allowed me to deserve it. His love has allowed me to deserve it. The Father sees Jesus when He looks at me. And because of that, I'm deserving of every good thing. Because He sees Jesus, not me. And every good thing comes from above. From the Father of lights who does not change. Now, just as I said, to understand the gravity of our sin would be minimizing the one thing that has ripped us from an intimate relationship with a loving God. Let me also say, to understate the power of the cross would be minimizing the insurmountable lengths Jesus had to go to rescue us from our wretched, depraved state. 
I'm going to show you this music video which clearly expresses the result of Jesus' work on the cross. No matter what they say or what you think you are, the day you called His name, He made you flawless. That's the justification that Jesus brought for us. I had to watch that video like five times this week. (laughs) Mm, So good. No matter the bumps or the bruises, the cross has made you flawless. Now where Adam brought condemnation, Jesus brought justification. And where Adam brought death, Jesus brought life. Both now and for eternity. It says in verse 21, that as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So yes, we have eternal life with Jesus to look forward to. But that doesn't mean we just sit around anxiously awaiting that life. No, Jesus says in John 10.10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Your life, your every breath should be lived in gratitude to Jesus, expressing thankfulness for what He has done, sharing this good news with others, living with abundant joy. So we have this contrast in this passage. Where Adam brought sin, Jesus brought grace. Where Adam brought disobedience, Jesus brought obedience. Where Adam brought condemnation, Jesus brought justification. And where Adam brought death, Jesus brought life. Let me invite the band up as I give you your marching orders. Maybe for some of you, today is the day to trust Jesus. So I encourage you, if you want to know more about this, or if you're ready to receive this for the first time, please come talk to me. Talk to Dave. He's sitting in the back. We're going to be singing a few songs in reflection, and I'd love to chat now, love to chat as we're singing and reflecting on this, love to to chat after the service. But don't miss out. This is the beautiful grace that God has given so that you and I can be seen as justified, as righteous, as flawless in His sight. And for you who have already given your life over to Jesus, I challenge you to continue to confess your sin, remembering where you were on your own. Remembering what you got based off of your own works. But live your life in gratitude and joy, remembering what Jesus did for you. Because of Jesus, you have grace. You are justified. You are able to have life both now and forever. Jesus, I I cannot say thank You enough for the work that you've done. 
I'm humbled. I'm in awe. I'm so grateful. You're so good. And I'm so unworthy. But Lord, let me just live my life in gratitude towards what you've done. Because it's your work that has made me flawless, justified, perfect in your sight. Because when God looks, he, he sees you, not me. Thank you so much for that. Amen.